and welcome to the Potato Files. I am uh, Jeff Paul, otherwise known as the Human Potato of Comedy. My guest today is Sandra Badalini, everybody. The Gooch. How are you, Sandy? I'm doing great. How are you, Jeff? Yeah, good, baby. Welcome to the Never Sleeps Network studios here in lovely Toronto, Ontario. Yeah, amazing. You, t- you came a long way to get here. Took a TTC streetcar. And there was a protest and it was amazing, but it slowed shit down. Did you join the protest? You know what I did? Like I actually went through it. These girls were holding hands and then they were, no, they were holding a poster. Like one was holding one poster. Anyways, it was like everyone was holding hands. I would love to see, cause you, uh, you're, you're the queen of the abreves. <laughs> I, would, I would love to see you protest something and just not yelling out, like just yeah, a brief, that's a good a brief idea. Just a, your protest. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I like that idea. That's it. Yeah. A brief the protest. A brief the protest. <laughs> <laughs> you're just writing words on signs that they don't end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, yeah. And then it's like, is it clear what she's protesting? <laughs> yeah, if you know Sandy, it's clear. Hey, but I, take ttc though just in case you didn't think i did i'm a, I'm, a, I'm a ttc guy i don't take it too much now that i live downtown i think that uber is just too easy to just press a button on my phone and some f- magical fairy comes and takes me home i don't ever use uber i used it in montreal and i got screwed over so i don't use it no more all right well anyway let's get down to this yeah. this is uh, the potato files and what it is basically it's just it's the potato and he's starting to file on all his friends <laughs> oh really yeah so I'm i gonna, like that i'm gonna get to know you a bit better sandra got it it's like the x files but you yeah exactly yeah. exactly so if the fbi ever wants any information on <laughs> some comic yeah yeah they're gonna be looking up this podcast <laughs> like well i heard she was uh <laughs> heard she did an episode of the potato files right before she killed all those poor boys <laughs> <laughs> i'm just i'm not alluding no, I'm not to anything. Anybody. anyway sandra battellini comedian actress a clown yeah oh she does it all yes i do well yeah I do it. <laughs> All would be a lot, but yeah. Obviously, uh, with the name Badalini, you've got to have some strong Italian roots there, eh? Ooh, some major roots. Yeah, where'd you grow up? Uh, Sudbury, Ontario. Sudbury, Ontario, yeah. eh? Yeah. Big Italian neighborhoods up in Sudbury? Well, there's a lot of Italians up in Sudbury, yeah. yeah. Where, where I lived, I lived in New Sudbury, so not a lot of Italians. Like They were more scattered, but the Italians were like more, I guess... I don't know what side of town. Anyways, the other side of town. What? Uh, how'd your family end up there? The mines. The mines. Mm-hmm. Your parents uh, were they born in Canada? Or they come no over? immigrant. They were immigrants. My dad came they to. They left beautiful Italy and ended up in. Sudbury. I know. Can you believe that? <laughs> so my dad came to Canada. I don't know where he went first. I think he went to Oakville. He went to a few places first, and then he he went to his sister who was in Sudbury. I don't think he got a job right away, and then he almost worked at Ford in Oakville, but then ended up back in Sudbury. So like Italians, when they first came to you know Canada, they came, went to like Northern Ontario first because they were building the railroad and then they discovered nickel in like the late 1800s and then that's how it all started. So people always think that the settlement of Italians was more Toronto, which, you know, is more post-World War II. Okay. So my dad went there and then he ended up going back to Italy, I guess in the 60s and met my mom and married her within one month. Oh, you met her back in Italy. Yeah, and then brought her and here he, in a month. And he's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring you bring you back to Canada <laughs> to Sudbury. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my god. My mother like when she says when she tells the story, it's like she's just like, I don't know where I came to. Because <laughs> in those days, like Sudbury is really pretty. Like it's really pretty now in, in a lot of parts, but like back then. It's all right. It's uh it's a 
gross looking city when you go in the winter time. Yeah. It's just like, because, you know, any city, if it gets too much snow and then they plow it, they Ugh. get that shitty brown shit it's on disgusting. top. It's just, yeah. It, Otherwise, it's an amazing gross, place. And that's just snowing there all year round. It's just getting grosser and grosser. I know. And, and I'm doing a play there at the end of January. Nice. You still, is family still up there? Or? I have a couple of cousins. I got an uncle and a couple of cousins. That's it. So what, when did you leave Sudbury? Like in 96. I left Sudbury. 96. I just like, I did a master's. 20 years. I know. I left a, ma- I did a master's in history. And then I came to Toronto to do like a, a marketing diploma, like at Humber. Cause I was looking for a job mm-hmm. I th- and I wanted something creative. So I came here, did that. Then I started working. Sure, like obviously I got a job quite a bit like right after and then and then yeah I got into comedy like 1999 2000 all right well let's uh let's back up a bit you uh Italian upbringing in Sudbury like you got a big family like a lot of siblings or no I just have one sister one sister what yeah. kind of Italian family I know. is that eh? Catholic yeah, yeah. What the hell but is going I think on? My mom wanted more kids, but my dad didn't. I think he was just like, hey, how much money do I have to put out for these kids? <laughs> <laughs> I guess in Sudbury, it's not like, because, uh, you know, like in the, back home, you got maybe a stretch of land. You have more kids to work the land. I don't think that you weren't on a farm up there, were you? No, no, no. Oh, but we had a huge garden and there was a lot of work. Yeah, well, a, two girls can take care of a garden. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but even like my dad's siblings like and my mom's siblings, like no one had... Everyone had like two or three kids. Oh, really? So nobody of the siblings had a lot of kids. Like they came from my dad's family. Like he had, they had a lot of kids, but. Th- well, I guess you're the generation uh, like uh, that they, people stopped having yeah. a lot of kids. Yeah. Cause everything had changed. Yeah, like, like my parents, my dad has, there's seven on his side and then my mom's side, there's six. Okay. So it's a very, very big family. Yeah. Like my dad's side, I think it's nine and my mom was f- is five. Jeez. So yeah, there there definitely a lot of like big fam like extended family. How, but mu- how many of them were uh, come to Canada? Just my dad and his sister. Okay. No, my dad, his, his sister, and his brother, and he lived and we lived beside his brother until I left, and then my parents left and moved to Woodbridge in like about eight years ago. Okay. To be closer to their girls. Ah, where's your sister now? In Woodbridge. Yeah. We lived together for a couple of years when I first moved to Toronto. And then she bought a house up there and uh, we were looking to buy a house together, but we couldn't agree on where and she didn't want to live in the city and I didn't want to live in the burbs. Mm-hmm. It was very traumatic. But then I was like, sorry, man, I can't live up in uh, in fucking Mississauga. So growing up, it's a Catholic household. Is it yeah. very Catholic? Like, um, Well, we went to church every week. Yeah. But we all like my parents weren't as traditional in a lot of ways as like some of my friends. You know, like a lot of my friends, they didn't, a lot of my Italian friends, they kind of got married and left their parents' house and moved into their husband's houses. Yeah, well, that's the Italian way, right? And we, me and my sister didn't do that. Like, my parents want, like, we're never, you know. You could still be living at home, technically, eh? Oh, I know. My mom still <laughs> says it. And I'm like, no, thank you. Is just mom still alive? Mom, my mom and dad. Your dad is alive? Yeah, yeah. Your mom was sick last year, though, right? Well, this past summer, she had an open heart surgery. Oy. I know. She she doing okay? Yeah, she's getting she's she's getting stronger. She how's, how's your old man on the uh, taking care of uh, a sick wife? He doesn't. Well, he's not doing that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, they, he he's it's pretty crazy. We me and my sister went in and he's he can't drive anymore and he needs assistance himself. So uh, you know, it was like my mom left and we kind of filled in the role of my mom and I was like, you guys got to stop. <laughs> 
Like, you know, the, the way they set themselves up, it's like, at one point, I'm like, we got to stop doing all this shit. There's so much stuff to do in that house. It's crazy. Just sister on you? Because she's close to them, right? Yeah. Like, she's closer? Yeah, she, she's like She's taking the a lot of the burden, or? Yeah, she does more, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, she's just more of a micromanager. She likes, she likes just being, you know, even before all of this happened, I mean, she eats there every day, so... There you go. It's not that much of a difference. It's just probably more like she had to do more work. We are definitely stopping there on the way to uh, Vaughn Yuck Yucks for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. That's the best food there. Give me some meatballs, would you? Oh, ya? she makes the best meatballs. <laughs> are you guys, uh, did you have money growing up or was it? Uh, did we have money? Well, my dad had, how should like I say? working class? Yeah. Yeah. My dad, you know, banked a lot of dough because that's what they do. And my mom like worked. My mom worked. When I started, when I think it was in grade four. So she worked, she worked because she wanted her own money. Mm-hmm. Money was definitely an issue. Money was always a big, it still is. It's such a ridiculous issue between my parents. My, my dad likes to save and my mom likes to spend. Yeah. So I don't know. Like we, you know, they paid for our education. Tell your daddy can't take it with him, right? They don't fuck. He doesn't. He doesn't see it that way. No. I mean, he gave, like, it's not like he's, he's given us lots of money for sure. Like to, to do stuff, to go to school, to buy houses, to do all that stuff. So, but it was never frivolous, you know, like when we were growing up, it wasn't like, so my mother would, you know, her job when she worked, it was like to get the more frivolous things. Yeah. But yeah, like we lived in a small house. We were good, but it was definitely working class for sure. Yeah, me too. I was like, I think, uh. I, like, I think my dad has money now just because he's not raising kids anymore. But uh, when we were kids, it was me, my two brothers. We we're all playing hockey. And like hockey's a very expensive sport. And he paid for it all. He paid for it all. I, I got a lot of hand-me-down hockey equipment for my brothers because I was the youngest. But he always made sure I had like the greats, the, the new skates, you know? Yeah. Like it was always, but like we never had shitty stuff in that aspect. But like. He hasn't worked on the house in 30 years, you know? Yeah, that, yeah. Like, he's still, like, his kitchen's falling apart, and he's like, what do I care? <laughs> he's like, I just live here. I'm like, oh, clean it up, man. You got, like, yeah, do something. Well, you were at my cottage. My cottage is, um, no word of a lie, 20 times nicer than my parents' house. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, though? Like, they have, my parents have a really nice, like, they bought a new house, well, newer house in Woodbridge. But the house they had in Sudbury was, like, smaller, but, you know, they maintained it, but he wouldn't. Oh, my, my mom wanted to renovate it so many, like, she would have renovated it four times versus him yeah. maybe doing it once. You know what I mean? But, like, same thing, like, we did, we were in ballet and music lessons, like, since we were little. So they always had us in something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and like, yeah, that was the thing. Like, wherever wherever we wanted to go to school, it was not an issue. Like, you want to leave town and go to school, that's cool. Are so, you, uh, you, you musical still? Like, do you play any instruments or? No, not anymore. No? I mean, singing, I like, like singing, I love, I love to do. What'd you play growing up? Organ. Organ. Eh? My, I wanted the piano and my sister wanted an organ. So we got an organ and then my sister continued playing, but I didn't. And oh my God, my dad would bust me every day, every freaking, <laughs> it was brutal. He, I, when I, he harassed the shit out of me for not wanting to play the organ. Yeah. I was like, I'm bored. I don't, like, I got, I get bored easily well, of things. I remember I used to kind of make fun of my buddies that were in piano lessons growing up. And I'm like, fuck, I wish I learned how to play the piano. Yeah. I think now piano is just a cool instrument to know. Yeah. Like if you're in some bar, there's piano, just start playing. Make yeah, good man. time, man. <laughs> so uh, what's school like growing up in uh, Sudbury? I don't know. It was know. just regular elementary school? Yeah, elementary school. Then when I went to- White all- kids as far as the eye can see? Ish, yeah, French yeah. Canadian, you know, a lot of you know, French Canadian kids. They're still white. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, in our, my high school, there was one black girl. Did I? Uh, did you learn French being yeah, up there? Oh, yeah, I, I was in like I took French throughout, and then when I was in was it university? I did that exchange program that Quebec had. I don't know if you know. Like, I th- I think they still might do it, but you would go to Quebec for six weeks, learn French, and the government paid for it. So it was like a. You still like got the exchange. French though. I would have to be immersed in it again, like, and then I would get it back. But like to speak it now, just like that, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't do it. Like yeah, right, I c- like I could never. I can understand it. I learned, I taught myself in French how to ask to go to the bathroom, and then I just never come back to class. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Like, I loved going to Trois-Rivières. Like, that was really cool to learn to speak French. So it's like, I think, like, I could pick it up if I was in the culture, if I was immersed in the culture again. Was there, uh, was there opportunities, like, for the arts in Sudbury, like, when you were growing up? There was, but I wasn't involved in any of it. No. Like, I did, you know, I did... I did a little bit of theater in university with this Italian theater troupe, like this university theater troupe, but I was not an artist. I wasn't in the arts at all. No, you weren't. Ironically, like I wasn't. And I, so I literally, like I played soccer in high school. I, I wanted to study, like I studied political science and history and I, I always loved Saturday Night Live. I was like, man, that would be fun to do. What's your, what's your year coming into SNL? Who's your crew? Uh, Eddie Murphy. I can't think of people. Gilbert. Gilbert. Um, and then, uh, I can't remember too much of that. That was before my time. What's his name? Oh my God. I know. Well, I can't even say it right now. That's terrible. But I definitely Eddie Murphy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then what, who is, wherever his crew was. Billy Crystal came in after Eddie left, right? But I, but I watched it. Like me and my mother actually would watch it together. Nice. And I don't watch it. I haven't watched it in a long time. I'd love to, but I just stopped. I just don't watch it because I don't have cable. Well, whatever is worth watching, you'll see on somebody's Facebook feed come Monday. Yeah, exactly. And, exactly. Uh, I'd uh, still, you know what, when I saw, Le- you know, Leslie Jones, she's on the cast and she's like 48 and I'm like, there's still time for me to be on Saturday Night Live. There's have time they hired for an all? Italian? Of course they've hired Italian they, people. They uh, hired a, 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 Latina. a Latino, a Spanish. For the first time? That's crazy. That's insane. Yeah. In New York City. That's insane, yeah, man. They, I can't believe they never hired Carlos Mancia. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He would have brought a lot of sketches he saw on Mad TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about the boys growing up? You like the boys? The boys like you, Gooch? Well, you know, I had a, my first boyfriend was, I was 16 and he was this Italian guy and he was this really like kind of, he's a real, I don't know, girls liked him. Like he was very cute. Were your parents, uh, did they push you to date Italians? No, 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 not really. But he just happened to be like Italian from where I was, from where my family was from. Oh, that must have loved that then, eh? What's that? Dad must have loved that. I already My parents loved it. They yeah. loved it. They, you know, but it was, you know what it was? Like we were 16 and his sister and my sister were friends. That's how I met him. And, and it was just, it seemed it was too, it moved too quickly. Like all of a sudden we're like my parents, they're, his parents are coming over to my parents' place. And I was like, ew. I was as like, as teenagers? As teenagers. Shit. I couldn't handle it. Honestly, <laughs> I couldn't handle it. And I was like, I remember one time he said to me, he's like, you know, if we stick together, something like, we can get married when we're in our tw- 20s or something. And I'm like, seven years, eight years? Like, I couldn't imagine. So. Or seven days back then. It was a long time to be with somebody. Yeah. <laughs> so how long did this relationship last? Like a year. Yeah? Yeah. It was an intense one. Did you give him the goods? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of goods. Yeah, you touch your little gooch. Yeah? <laughs> I didn't know this was going to be like sex talk. Hey, it's oh, gonna it be is all the files. Kind of, it yeah, is the files. I got I to find out, man. I got to know what's going on here. You gave him a little bit then. 
Well, I wanted to do more, but it was like he was too connected to his family. Like he didn't want like I, there were, I remember it was March break and I'm like, yo, come over. There's nobody here. And he wouldn't come. Like I was like, fuck, this is bullshit. So yeah, he, he never got the home base then, eh? No, because. When it, did that happen for you? Hey, buddy. Years little, later? Uh, a couple years later. Yeah. Like a couple years, like 18, you're already an adult? Yeah. Yeah. How old were you? Like 19. Fuck, late bloom, man. A late bloom, late bloom, late bloom. <laughs> but I'm guaranteed you made up for some lost time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about drugs? Did you get in any? No, uh, like nothing going on up there. They Lots s- of alcohol. Lots of alcohol. Yeah, no, no weed or anything up there. No, uh, I did weed when I, I start. I smoked weed for the first time when I was in. In university, actually. Okay. Like, there wasn't a lot of... Like, there were some kids in at my high... Like, I went to an all-girls school, and there were some kids who smoked weed, but we didn't. We just drank. Mm. And, like, up there in Sudbury, it's a lot of drinking. Did you ever smoke cigarettes? Yes, that's what... Oh, I started... I smoked when I was 16. Yeah, I started... I think I was younger than that when I started. Oh, but, yeah. like, by the time I was in grade nine, I was, like, Oof. a regular smoker. I was a regular smoker when I started. I was 16. I, like, in fact, me and this guy that I, my first boyfriend, we would, his high school was so close. We would just get together at lunch hour and smoke cigarettes. I smoked till I was 25 and then I stopped. That's good. Um, I stopped, but then I picked it up a little bit. Like I didn't touch a cigarette for 10 years and then I picked it up a little bit. I was doing a show in Chicago and there was no weed there. So you could still smoke in bars and, I, and then we smoked and it was great, but I never, yeah. I never bought cigarettes the next day. I would never do that. So I'd, I'd smoke a little bit and then I, you know, I would stop. You and just then- bum them at the bar. I, I went through that phase too for a while. And then I, all of a sudden I, uh, it was only when I was drinking and then I remember like, cause I had, I'd so been quit awful. for like three years. I was living in, uh, I was living in London working for the city and we we're cruising around and this guy's just like, I remember he, he was just this dirty skid looking guy, like a city worker, you know? And he's like, you want a bullet? And I was like, what? And he like had a pack of smokes. I was like, yeah, sure. And then that was like the first sober cigarette I'd had in three years. I think it's been like th- two and a half or three years that I haven't. I feel like Phil smokes. He doesn't anymore. But because he did, sometimes I'd like after a show, like couple puffs here, couple puffs there. But it's been like uh, several years. Like sometimes people will have tobacco in their joints and I'll be like, oh, but you know what, though? The tobacco leaf. Have you had tobacco leaf in your joint? It's amazing. You would love it. Uh, Yeah. Pew always buys that stuff to put in uh, his joints. Is it a leaf? Snuff or something. I don't know. Well, like Jamaicans use something too, but the time I had it was like tobacco leaf and it was like smoking a cigarette, but just with the the good stuff. And you're like, that's what, that's what I love about the cigarette. Except, yeah, yeah I can't smoke a cigarette well, now. Like, cigarettes I'm a- are like, they, they, there's so many chemicals inside there. They put like anti-nauseum drugs in the tobacco because it makes you nauseous to smoke tobacco. Oh, it's like, so awful. Honestly, it's like, it makes me so mad that, you know, it's like if people just smoked the tobacco leaf, mm-hmm. then it would be okay. And, and they, that's what they used to do. But, you know, I still want- have smoking dreams a lot. Oh, really? Yeah. I think last night I was smoking up a storm. Ooh. I'm like, well, I just guess I smoke now. And then I woke up. I'm like, thank God. I, just, I If I had one cigarette, I would be right back to where like it's you uh, think you would start smoking again oh yeah 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 like don't you think don't you feel like you would you would feel disgusting and you wouldn't do it i don't know i I I knew it was gross when i was smoking i I remember i used to i used to be driving to work in the morning and just hack 
sucking through a cigarette and like, <laughs> but then still trying to puff away. Like, I know when you see people idiot. smoke, you're like, this is awful. Like, I can't. I I would be afraid to smoke a like smoke a cigarette right now because I'd pass out from the chemicals. Yeah, it's. I can't uh, handle that I shit no more. After a long time, it's you get that first cigarette you're like Ugh. i get out of it when i when i smell febreze <laughs> <laughs> oh that's funny same demons putting the same chemicals in the stuff you all know? right so no drugs smoking some butts um and you decide to uh decide to go to college after university you went to yeah went to university in sudbury in sudbury so you stayed home yeah like an italian how many how many your program it was like a four-year undergrad and then i applied to go to to come to humber to do a pr course like diploma, whatever. And and then I applied for my master's at the same time, but I really wanted to come to Toronto, but I didn't get in. And so I was so upset. But you know what? It was the best thing to do my master's because I got to... It, like, well, you was, got a master's? Yeah. Shit. Yeah, I did it. And, I, and it was the, my, the topic, like the stuff I worked on that was... It was so amazing. I did it on my thesis on women who worked at Inco, the mines, during World War II. Really? And I got to meet them. And it was like, I started by looking at post-World War II Italian immigrant workers because I had access to their private archives. And I did it kind of like because my dad was one of the one of them. But then I started, my professor had told me to start looking at employee files in like the 40s because someone, another student had examined employee files from like 1912 to 1939. So then I started in 1939 and then I started seeing all these women. And I was like, what are the, like these Italian women? I'm like, what are they doing? And then, then I was like, oh, the it's World War II. War. Yeah. And a no league one, of their own, a yeah, mine of their own. Yeah, and it was so fascinating because no one had ever done it. Like I, you know, I wrote my thesis. I I met these women, and at the t- so there was this this professor, this this historian Bruno Ramirez, who came from the Univers- Université Montréal. Like he came to talk to the students. Like so, we we pre- present our research, and when I told him, I was like, you know, I've got these women and I've got these workers, and he's like, stick to the women because what a story, you know? Because at the end, at the end of the war, they had to go back, they had to leave, like because it was illegal for women to work at a mine. And then during the war, they just overturned it temporarily. Whereas in other industry, that's what sort of makes mining really, you know, different than all the other women in war stories, like, or women working at aircraft plants or munitions factories that they stayed on. A lot of them stayed on after the war in a less capacity, but at Inco, they literally like, it was, you know, it, it was illegal in the first place and they just overturned it. So... It was so fascinating to meet those pe- women and and to st- and like you know I went to the the archives here and in Ottawa and just found a lot of really interesting information. Cool, man. Yeah. So um, you get your masters? Do you you get your masters in Toronto? You no, know, in Sudbury. Oh, you went back to Sudbury for your master. Yeah, I stayed in Sudbury. Yeah, I did my undergrad in Sudbury and my masters in Sudbury. Yeah. Oh, okay. 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 And then uh, and then I came to Toronto to do like a marketing diploma. Okay. So okay, I, I had the timeline mixed up. So yeah. you're now in Toronto. Yeah. Ninety six. Do you finish? You finish here, and do you go back, or do you? No, just, I stay. You just never came back. No, I left Sudbury in 1996. And your parents were fine with uh, you living all by yourself in yeah. the big city. The uh, the Italian gene didn't kick in, and no, you know my it was it was a bit of a separation anxiety for sure. Uh-huh. 
for my mom. Cause I'd have to call her every day. I still have to, I still do talk to her almost like almost every day, but it was like, yo, I can't call you from a fucking bar. Mom. <laughs> Take it easy. M- my mom will send me a text every couple months. Just like, Hey, just letting you know I'm still alive. <laughs> Does she literally just, you only talk to her every couple of months. Sometimes I talk to her a bunch and then I don't know. I'm a busy man. Up here. I know it's cool. It's good. It's good. I just, uh, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm out on my own. Yeah. <laughs> forging, forging a new, a career, a new place, a oh, new path yeah. for yourself. Oh, yeah. So, uh, you don't start comedy as soon as you get a, you're done school. You get a, uh, a big girl job. Yeah. I started the first job I had, I think was, I don't even remember the place. It was such a dumb job, but then I started this program. It was like a work. It was like a program at a Nesbitt Burns, which is a stock. They're stockbrokers, you know, the investment arm of the Bank of Montreal. Because I, I, and it was like an, it was like a, an investment advisor program. So it was like stockbroker. It was training to be a stockbroker, but it was this time, like usually their program's 18 months, but they got kids like right out of school and it was a three year program. It was basically like I was the only girl. Mm-hmm. And all these guys were like from Upper Canada College and Lower Canada College, all these snotty guys. And it was just me, me and these guys. It was pretty just, it was pretty much glorified cold calling. Cause you would be, te- you know, you'd have a little in, you know, in school instruction, but you were in the, in the office pretty much cold calling. And it was like, once I, once I was there for a couple months, I'm like, there is nothing interesting about this. Yeah. Cause you have to love money because that's what you're selling. You have to love to sell money yeah. and that's what you're doing. And it was like, it was really, it was a very interesting, it was interesting to be in, in that world. And then after that, I got into, I started working more in my field. Obviously it was like, I started working for like marketing consultants. I was doing like project management and, you know, at first it was, I was an executive assistant to this one woman. And then I started doing more project management and then the next place I was hired, I was, I was a brand consultant, <laughs> but the reason they, they hired me was because of my research background. So basically I was doing research, qualitative research for consultants. And, uh, and then it was there, it was a firm called Spencer Francie Peters, the woman I worked for. She talked, she told me about how Second City has this, you know, training program, training center. Uh, and teaching improv skills to business people to make them more agile. And I was like, okay. And then, we, you know, I thought that was really cool. We went to see a show and I'm like, I lost my mind. I loved it so much. And so I enrolled right away. And then... Did you... I, I guess you never, never didn't see much comedy growing up in Sudbury, eh? Like... Not live comedy, no. Yeah, not, yeah. Nothing. I didn't see live comedy until I went to college. Yeah. Nothing. I saw TV. Mm-hmm. And my parent, like, we watched Italian comedy too. Like, there was a lot of comedy. Like, I saw, you know, my, and both my parents, like, my mom's a real joke teller. My dad's a storyteller. They're very funny people. But comedy, like, yeah, I never, I don't think I even went, there was a yucks in Sudbury. I don't think I ever went. No? No. It just wasn't part of my thing. But when people from home know, like, you know, now everybody knows I'm a comic. But when I first got into it, everyone's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Because I was always the Joker. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You get in like you do the Second City Improv. Nineteen ninety nine. I ro- enrolled. And then where does that take? Because this is just trying to teach you for the business world, but it. Uh, well, it, you get more out of it. It was still their training program. They're not like this is a business style oh, improv. Okay. Oh, okay. It was just the way that Second City marketed it 
to so that people in business could be like, yeah, you know, go take a class. Yeah. But, but even though Second City does teach workshops in business environments, this was at their training center. Um, so a year of, you know, instruction continuously. It's kind of like you do level A to E at the time. I don't know what it's like now, but, and then you have a class show. And, uh, then I was like, Oh my God. Like when I did the class show, I'm like, I love this. And that was it. That was at the end of 2000. And then 2001, some of the people in my class, we started like, um, uh, a variety night on College Street at a place called, Oh my God. What was it called? Oasis. It's, it's, you know, like, I don't know where it is now. It's close to the cage. Okay. And it was literally a comedy venue for a long, long time. And I started a, a show called So You Want to Be a Comedy because I was on the phone with my dad and that's what he said. He goes, so you want to be a comedy? <laughs> so I, and it was, a, it quickly became a very popular show. It was like always sold out. And, and are you doing stand up? Are you doing improv? I'm doing you, character. Character. Okay. I'm literally doing like, we did a little bit of improv, but I basically did character monologues. Like every month I'd invent a new character. And then I did try stand up at the beginning of... 2001 I did a set at the laugh resort and I got one laugh <laughs> and then shortly after that I did a set at yucks up at young and Eglinton and it was amazing because I I did joke I talked about my dad because yeah. I didn't know I told this one story you know at the laugh resort and and it obviously didn't work <laughs> but I could still remember like that feeling like Ryan Belleville was on the show and um who's that other guy that's on this hour is 22 minutes Majunder. Oh yeah, yeah. So I remember Ryan Belleville. I don't know. I always say I tell Ryan Belleville like I feel like he was wearing this orange woolen sweater, but I was just like this guy's the best, and I just and it was just such a great night. It he, was. He must have been a young buck back he then. He was right? so funny though, but like yeah, and it was like you know I guess it was the, the open mic the, the 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 amateur night, and then that was it. And then I did it a little bit. Like I did stand up a little bit, but I stopped because I was like I don't know how to write. Like once I did that set, I was like, I can't repeat this set. So I continued on to the conservatory level of Second City, where you start to write sketch out of your improv. And I did that for another year. And then I uh, auditioned for the touring company, the Second City Touring Company. But then I got offered uh, offered Tony and Tina's wedding. You know that show? Um, I don't know it, but you've told me about it. It was an improvised play, and it was like you were going to Tony and Tina's wedding. You told me you get hired to go to weddings and just be a character at yeah, somebody's yeah. table? I've done that before, yeah. Phil and I have done a lot of, like, go to par. We get hired to go to parties and be characters. And just just uh, yeah. have a good time and get people, yeah. get people having a good time? I don't do it anymore, really. That's insane. Somebody like, hired me to do that. I'll be the guy sitting in the corner high because I probably I can't do that a anymore. Pot cookie up my way. Here. I can't. I can't go do that shit anymore. It's like because some of the gigs that we would do, you would you would like be a character, and then sometimes it was like that, and then you would go on stage, and that was okay. But like when you had to do it for three hours, ugh. Mm -hmm. Like the the pay didn't seem ba like bad, but once you were there, you're like, I'm here. I've got to interact. These people don't want to, after you do that first hour, mm -hmm. maybe the second, then it's boring. You're like, well, that's why you like, become comedians because you don't want to work more than an hour at once. Yeah. You don't <laughs> want to, like, it's brutal. So yeah, I've done that stuff for sure. That's fun. Um, and then, uh, you, uh, how do you start be, do getting into clowning? 
Well, when I first got into... Tell me I, you went to clown college. Please tell me you went to clown well, college. Well, I, I, I took baby clown. Baby it's like clown. A, <laughs> it's like a style of clown. It's called pachinko style clown. So it's named after a guy named Richard Pachinko. And it was it's a combination of like North American Indian and European clown. And Toronto is a real center of clown in the world, especially this kind of clown. So people from all over come and study. And it's a five-week program. And it's like every day, like five days a week several hours it's so intense it's so crazy like you it's just it was just a crazy time and I tried for about three years to get into doing this but I could never you know get the time like I could never find five weeks where I could just do that you mm-hmm. know so one of you're the first st- things you're still working too right full time yeah but I don't know why I was able to do this for five weeks maybe I wasn't work I obviously wasn't working at the time one of the first things, like once I started getting into, you know, Second City is like the clown community was, it's still, it, it's, it's maybe not as much, there's not as much clown. There's, there's parts of, you know, Toronto where you can go watch clown, like at the Lunacy Cabaret, which is still happening, but there was more clown at the time. And Mark Andrada was like, like killing it. And he was one of the first people I saw perform and I just was so enthralled. And then I would go, there was a place called The Space. And they would have, I don't know how often they did their shows. I don't know if it was weekly or monthly. And I just was like, what's the timeline? Are you overlapping with stand up right now? Like ish, but stand up, like I didn't, like I said, I did it a little bit. And then I was doing this, you know, this, uh, variety show. Um, and, uh, and I'm doing like a lot of character stuff. Yeah. And then, and then I, and then I do, I, st- I like do a, a solo show like almost right away. So, and then I get hired onto Tony and Tina's wedding right after, I think, I guess it must have been 2001. I think I get hired 2001, 2002. And I took clown in 2003. So yeah, it's kind of all over. It's all overlapping. Thing with stand up is that I, st- I, I, I took Don Whitwell's course and that kind of got me out of, it, it helped me to think differently about how to write or just even to write, you know? And then I, um, started to, you know, do shows. But because I was in Tony and Tina's, it was hard for me to get in, into the community because my show would end and it'd be too late to show up somewhere and be like, hey, can I get on your stage? Or, yeah. you know what I mean? So I was doing like six and seven shows a week at Tony and Tina's. So it wasn't until I left Tony and Tina's in 2004. That's when I really got into stand-up was 2004, 2005. But when I studied clown, the big thing that I was, one of the big things that I was left with was I really wanted to figure up figure out stand-up. Like I did a lot of clown like in nose and I really got involved in that circus on the east side, the zero gravity circus and did that show once a month. And it was and then I just did a lot of like I always kind of did all of that. Like I did sketch and I did clown and I do stand up. But then when 2004, 2005, I started to work at the Laugh Resort. Are you still making money? Like, are you still uh, still still, have a job? Yeah, I go back after I leave Tony and Tina's. I get another I an old boss of mine wants to like hires me three days a week to work with him. And it was a sweet job. And I'm auditioning. I can. He's very flexible. It was really great. And then I don't know how long I stayed with him, but then that ended. And then I just, after that, it was like, it got to a point where I was like, I can't do these, I can't do these day jobs anymore. And that's how it was. Cause then I started working at uh, yucks and then I just was like an actor, you know, like doing that shit. So I think it might've been in, I don't even know when my last day job was. Honestly. How long were you with yucks? Two years, two and a half years, two years, two and, and a half years. And what happened there? Just wasn't the right fit or? No, no, I loved it. I said I was going to do it until <clears throat> I I didn't like it anymore. And that's when I stopped. 
because I felt like I couldn't do what I was doing in town ta- around town. I couldn't do it at the clubs. Yeah. So that's what it felt. That's well, it's, what it felt it's a like. different beast. What you're doing than a comedy club. What? Like my, what, you're improving, clowning, all yeah. that stuff. It's uh it's hard to do on a yuck yuck stage. Yeah. And I mean, I, but I, you know, I always kept doing stand up. but the thing was is that when I would go do gigs at yucks, I always felt like I had to do, I didn't do the same set, but it just felt too, I don't know. I just needed to, I just needed to move mm-hmm. on, you know? So I think I did that till maybe 2008 or 2010. I don't remember. So you leave Yucks. When do you, uh, when do you hook up with your, uh, your buddy Phil there, your partner in crime? Well, Tony and Tina's wedding. <clears throat> he, oh, okay. I was in the show and he came with his work buddies. He worked at Casino Niagara and he came with work friends and, you know, it was a very interactive show. So I'm interacting with him the whole time. He just really stood out and we had a great time. At the end of the night, I'm just coming through the back stairs to leave and he's, you know, and I'm, I'm just dressed in my street clothes and he's waiting for his friend who went to the bathroom and we start chatting. And, uh, and then, you know, we find out that we're from the same part of Italy. We both have our masters. He's an actor too. And then I was like, you know, why don't you submit your stuff and, and to Tony and Tina's? And he did. And he literally got hired two weeks later. And then we started to do, we started to perform together. Like we were doing that show, but then we started doing like, you know, cabaret stuff here and there. Yeah. And then over time, we just kept working together more and more. So it's been about since i guess 2002 2003 i don't know whenever a hell of a team we really do he's he's an he's an amazing human being what's he doing in casino niagara he's not from down there is he he's he's, he's from hamilton he's from stony creek oh yeah 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 Yeah. i did know that yeah good old hammer hammer town and now uh you got a nice little thing going him sal and sandy yeah we did sal and sandy for like six years I think we did a five or six at the underground and then we did it for a year when Mark DeBonis and Garrett Jameson had, um, the lot. And that was amazing. What the, that show was so great. So we don't really do that monthly anymore because, you know, after a while you're like, that was a long time with those characters. Not Mm -hmm. that we'd never do them again. We would, of course, but we just stopped doing it monthly. And you know, after a while, like, and then we kept doing the monthly shows. Then we had like our month, we had a show at the underground where it was just him and I hosting. And yeah, and we also got to the point too, like even personally him too, but like together and apart separately, you know, when people would ask me to like, Hey, you want to do a character? I was like, I can't, I can't show up to a venue with a fucking costume no more unless I'm getting paid. Yeah. yeah, No shit. So yeah. So that's, I used to think you and Phil were a couple when I, when I first got into comedy. Yeah. People still do sometimes. And then I found out Phil was gay. Yeah. And, and then it changes everything. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's a good-looking man. He's a stunner. He's mm-hmm. he's a beauty. I, uh, I I'd consider uh, taking a little run at Phil. Why? Yeah, I, I, that would be a very good. It <laughs> wouldn't be a mistake. Yeah, yeah. Me and Phil would be a good match. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if he's interested- top or bottom. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta know these things. <laughs> well, you gotta test it out. How are you? A homeowner in Toronto. That's what I want to know. I know. Um, when did you buy that house? When you were working or when you were a comic? Well, I, I bought a condo in like 2001. Oh, okay. In the distillery when I was working. So I owned that for like six years and then sold it. And I and it took about two years for me to buy a house. It's probably the reason why I could. That, that's kind of how I was able to buy a house because mm-hmm. I sold this condo. Yeah, I always forget because uh, I, I bought a house in the Burbs with my ex-wife. and uh, Which Burbs? Ajax, baby. Okay, I remember you sold. Yeah, yeah, and then I just like I uh, 
should have stayed in the game. But yeah, I was just I like, know. whatever, and then just went on a bender. That's it. Like, sometimes I still, I, sometimes I feel like my house is held. I can't even see you. Like, ladies and gentlemen, we're in the dark right now, literally. <laughs> um, the sun is going down at the Never Sleeps Network Studios. Yeah. <laughs> But um, you know what it is? It must be just the light here. Like the light on the f- fan is probably turns it on. What are you going to do? Eh? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So I've had this house now for four and a half years ish. Yeah. Sometimes I've, I have felt like it's, it's held me back. Like I have felt that, but it's great. It's great. Like, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh my God, does it hold me back from doing other shit? And now I'm just getting my shit together. So. Well, but it's, it's so a, good to have a property in Toronto. Yeah, Come on. Like it's, it's my own place. I love it. I love, 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 love yeah, my you, house. You, you got in at a time where yeah. like, it was still... Okay. It's, it's still incredibly expensive to live yeah, in the I city. Yeah, I don't know but, how I afford... Yeah, it's, yeah, I don't know how anyone... Like, now, like I can see if you got in five to ten years ago, you got in before things went really crazy. Yeah. Like, right now, I mean, if I were to buy that house now, it'd, um, I think it's almost double. It would have been, it'd be double. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. My, my buddy bought a uh, next door to me. That's how we became friends. Bought for like half a mil, sold it for over a mil. I know. It's so insane. Yeah. I know. So, yeah, I got a home and, uh, yep. Airbnb in it. Yep. Sometimes, like right now, I have I have people in my house like that it's not through Airbnb, but yeah, like, uh, you know, people live a couple months here, a couple months there. A lot of comics. It's a revolving door for a lot of comics. It too. has been, yeah. Right now, I got some musicians and they're the best and they're just really cool. See, good on you because I, um, I could never handle living with strangers for one and just I couldn't have people coming and going. I lived by myself in my condo for six years, okay? And I was never, I never had a roommate, only my sister. I had my sister as a roommate. And then, like, then Phil and I roomed together. Like, we, we lived together for two years in a house. And then, um, like, I rented out my condo. So we lived together. And then, like we got we got evicted because <laughs> we had a horrible <laughs> landlord. But anyways, we got evicted. I I was still looking for a house, and so I lived with my sister in Woodbridge, and he, you know, lived in lived in Stony Creek. And then uh, oh, that looks gracious, <laughs> guys. You should see what Jeff Paul did now. This is like it really looks good. Working out the lighting in here. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, and so when I was buying the house, I was looking at houses that had you know apartments in the basement. But those were the first ones that families wanted, okay? So they would go and they would go for a lot, you know, that people would bid for them. And so my real estate agent at the time, we see this house that's now mine. And she's like, you know, you why don't you rent? You can do this. She had another client who rented it out to students. You know, these kids that come in on the summertime. And and uh, so that's what I did. And I was like, okay, well, they're students. And I cooked for these motherfuckers <laughs> so i did that i was like okay i'll do that you know if i really wanted a house it's so crazy i mean from the good part of my adult life i didn't have a roommate and then this and i've been trying to get like out of this for a long time like there's been times where i lived there by myself and it was okay but it gets pricey it gets pricey it's, it's it helps having someone pay some bills for you yeah and you know with the way that you know our life like being an artist or whatever the hell yeah, it's you feast or be. famine so you know with with that it's like it's good because then one month you can make a ton of money and then the next yeah. month you're fucking scraping by yeah so what yeah. are you gonna do eh? what, are you gonna, what are you gonna do what's next for sandy Badalini? um well i got a i got an album recording in miami in december Ooh. Ooh. get your bikini ready guys <laughs> and uh yeah so that's exciting 
We've got, uh, well, we've got family slides on Saturday. Oh, I wouldn't uh, plug this. This thing. Exactly. It wouldn't, uh, I don't it know. When, I don't know when we're uploading this. Yeah. So don't, uh, don't plug anything for this oh, yeah, week. I, 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 yeah. You want to plug your album taping in Miami in That's December? Good. Yeah. I think we might have this thing yeah. online by then. <laughs> yeah. And you just, know, just don't uh, rush us. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is the potato files. It is. We got to yeah. throw these files down in a dirty hole exactly. for a bit, you know? Get some so, dirt on them. Yeah, yeah, get some real. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I guess that pretty much sums her up. Did you enjoy your time here? I loved it. I can't even believe like it was no time. It took us no time to yeah, do this. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, that's that's the potato files for I you. I love it. And you come we in, I, I find out what I need to know, and then I let you go. Okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and guys, there's no t- potatoes, just so you know. There, are, there. You know what? I should actually start giving gifts of potatoes. Yeah. Give everyone a sack of potatoes for doing the show. They're, they're cheaper than a bag of chips yeah no shit <laughs> isn't that fucked up yeah, go home make your own chips yeah yeah <laughs> stop paying a man for this shit <laughs> so we can find you all around Toronto we won't plug anything too specific because yeah. who knows when this thing's getting uploaded but uh, I always enjoy seeing you perform you are uh, you're one of the funniest women I've ever seen and you're the funniest comic I shouldn't even call it yeah, say yeah, it a woman yeah, yeah that's... it's uh, <laughs> you're fucking you're great and oh, you're, you're always entertaining and you're a good friend and I'm uh, fucking happy to be a part of your life, Oh pal. my God, I'm happy to be a part of your life. All right. So this has been The Potato Files, episode four with Sandra Badalini here at the Never Sleeps Network. So, uh, you know, tell your friends about us, guys, because uh, we got a lot of friends we got interviewing here, okay? <laughs> and uh, we're just getting started. Thanks for listening. Take it easy. Take it easy. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. 